0: Welcome to Found in Translation, a weekly ish exploration of one fellow's translation of the Christian scriptures, one chapter or a little less or a little more at a time. I'm Brandon Rhodes, and across the internet from me is the translator himself, Brandon Johnson. Hi, Brandon. Brandon. Good to see you this wonderful sunny day. Yeah, good to see you. Yeah. Well, we've got a lot to talk about today for everybody, uh, but before we do that, I wanted to make sure for those who haven't given these episodes a listen, particularly who didn't listen way back to that introductory episode, if you might be able to explain to folks what we're even doing here and, uh, yeah, give them a little bit of context for this.
1: Yeah, a big, you know, the centerpiece of what we're talking about is my work in translating the Christian scriptures, um, the ones written in Greek specifically. And I I started that project for my kids, as we've talked about a few times, and it has evolved since then. Like, we were talking about, like, last week, these footnotes are a bit heady for an 8-year-old and a 10-year-old. But that was the initial push. Um, Mm -hmm. And what I wanted to do that for is, is kind of some things that were important to me of a lot of words with a lot of baggage that we keep using because those are the words that have been used before in translation and not because they necessarily are actually the the most appropriate to convey what the meaning is. Mm-hmm. Um, and me having no problem whatsoever just tossing it out. Uh, because I'm not trying to get paid. I'm not trying to get a publisher to be willing to publish it. You know, and, and I think those are some of the big considerations for other people when they like. Well, we can't get rid of sin because no one will pay for it. We can't get rid of faith or righteousness because no one will pay for it. Like, I um, mm-hmm. can do what I think is actually appropriate because you know, mm-hmm. there's no incentive for me for to not do that. You know,
0: and some of those words you just listed are. Uh, words you wanted to get around because they're just um, kind yeah. of syrupy religious words te- or techni- overly technical. Yeah,
1: that's what we've been using religious technical terms as, as what we've been t- calling them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not because I don't think I just don't like sin, so I'm going to just like quietly put it into hide it behind the curtain so that no one can see it. It's like no, I'm still translating what's happening there. I'm just what I think I'm doing it in a way that's actually showing what the meaning is instead of just putting this word that sin people kind of think they know what it means but there's lots of different opinions and like who knows right Yeah.
0: and then the reason we decided we wanted to start recording these and sharing them with folks is one we were just having a great time and there was good energy but Mm -hmm. second there were all these very um, compelling and healing um, insights you were having along the way Mm-hmm. Uh, often in a direction of liberation or healing, that yeah. we thought, you know what? Let's let's talk about that. It's not just that you're finding like a, a better word for righteousness. It's the, the theme that you needed to play around with. There that had been kind of hidden, like that example of that word, often being used in a framework of the core problem is we are we broke rules.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: and therefore we right. are unrighteous and the solution is how to get us out of being rule breakers right. um well if you like you change the word you change the metaphor you change mm-hmm. the story and what is the story actually about mm-hmm. if not the crisis of rule breaking <laughs> uh and it gets really yeah. there is really an alternative, ra- radical yeah. mm-hmm, uh, in that so I hope everybody uh, listening in or watching, that's been a helpful introduction of why we're playing around with some of these words uh, together and uh, hoping that it'll be life-giving and vitalizing for you all
1: as well. Yeah, because it it is a a fun exercise and just getting nerdy and like, can I find a different way to say it than everyone else is saying it? And that's fine. It's like a, a puzzle game, but it's not really worth sharing. Um, <laughs> right. right. What makes it worth sharing is that I, I think it's allowing things to surface, allowing things to be accessible that can make a positive difference for how we talk about things as an entire community.
0: Yeah. So we are going to be talking this week about the second part of the first chapter of Ephesians. Now, if you haven't had a chance to read Brandon's translation... Well, for those of you joining on YouTube or Facebook, we have the translation up on the side of the screen here in a minute. And for those of you listening, uh, we do have a link to the translation in the show notes. So we encourage you who have the ability to hit pause to do that. Give it a careful read and don't uh, don't lose track of those footnotes. A lot of good information in there. So go ahead, pause or whatever, and uh, give it a read. Okay, uh, so we're going to go through um, and hit one, two, three, four, five different ideas in Ephesians 1, 15 through 23. That's the end of the first chapter there. Um, we're going to talk about you and your faithfulness in verse 15. We're going to talk about wise and curious spirit in verse 17 heart in 18 a big (laughs) elaborate phrase in 119 uh those who are faithful based on what his intense strength has accomplished and then we're going to talk about assembly or church in uh verse 22 so brandon could you read this linguistically elaborate paragraph for us on one go It's that's a, that's a, that's a poke at Paul, not you.
1: Yeah. I mean, some of both, maybe we'll see based on this. I have heard about you and your faithfulness to the Lord Jesus and your love for all the sacred ones. And I do not stop giving thanks for you. When I remember you doing my prayers. I pray that the God of our Lord, Jesus Christ, the renowned father may give you a wise and curious spirit through getting to know him the eyes of your heart having been illuminated for you to see what hope his invitation is about, what wealth his renowned inheritance is for those who are sacred, and what immeasurable surplus his power is for us who are faithful based on what his intense strength has accomplished. He accomplished it through Christ when he woke him up from among the dead and seated him on his right in the highest heavens, above every leader and authority and power and lordship, and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one about to arrive. He made everything responsible to cooperate under his feet and gave him to the assembly as head over everything. It is his body, the completion of the one through whom everything is made complete.
0: So a word that there's no, nobody has seemed willing to translate uh, with any deviation but it's mm-hmm. so important in reading the Pauline epistles, particularly uh, I think of Ephesians is just the word you right there mm-hmm. in verse 15. Cause it's actually plural. It's yeah. y'all.
1: Yeah. It's you all. This is maybe the one aspect of the King James that might actually be better mm. uh, than just the fact that English four or 500 years ago, had a separate word for a plural audience. Uh, The ye for more than there's more than one person being addressed. And over time, we just, we just don't, we don't have that anymore, but Greek does and uses it a lot. So um, that shifts things. Mm -hmm. And there's not an easy way to do that unless you want to get really colloquial and start doing y'all. Or if you're from like Boston, like use, uh
0: y- yins uh, if you're from the mitten
1: yeah okay yeah i uh, get those michiganders involved mm-hmm. but so yeah you're saying willingness it's partly because there's just not a good way i could add i i played with it a little bit when i was first starting and like hyphenating you all as like mm-hmm. a term and it's just like now nah, this is weird um so i gave up on it but
0: yeah That's fascinating. Like just the word y'all is too, too colloquial or it's too like regional.
1: Yeah. Colloquial. I think, I don't think it's okay. I think everyone knows what it means. It's not like, what are we talking about here? Mm -hmm. But Yeah. um, Yeah. It's just not the feel of like the level of language that's being used here. Hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. It's just a little bit more. Paul is a very educated person yeah, and his writing shows it.
2: Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm and even someone from the south who would conversationally use y'all probably wouldn't if they're writing an academic article right it's just not the right setting for it
0: oh, yeah but this isn't an academic article
1: it's, it's not uh, academic yeah i mean it's he, true
0: he like comfortably scrambles his metaphors he talks about the eyes of your heart later on and it's, <laughs> that's not a thing paul um yeah. Cause it really, it really does open up a lot of meaning here. Mm-hmm. Once you, yeah, what
1: are you seeing in the difference?
0: Well, for starters, he's not just talking to me or to the one mm-hmm. person. He's not talking prim- primarily to individuals, like a large number of individuals. Right. There's a difference between a large number of individuals and a community between mm-hmm. trees and a forest and he's yeah. talking to the he's talking to the forest first mm-hmm. here and so he's not just like man i've heard of you specifically gary the greek um he's talking about all y'all and mm-hmm. particularly as that unfolds into and your faithfulness which is another translation decision right. that you've made that we faithfulness about. Yeah. yeah y'all not yeah your all faithfulness. y'all's faithfulness oh. um and you—that's usually—and your faith to the Lord Jesus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Um, and that carries a different energy to it when it's instead of when I heard of you and your individual cognitive ascent, mm-hmm. or um, yeah, to Jesus. Uh, then, boy, I was—that was just amazing—and I prayed for you. <laughs> Um, he's saying, mm-hmm. I heard about how all of y'all are being faithful to Jesus. It's, it's much more full-bodied and fully lived and lived out mm-hmm. together. I heard about the way you guys are socially um, enacting Christ together.
1: Right. Which I think goes in the rest of the sentence, right? Your faithfulness to the Lord Jesus and your love for all the sacred. hmm right. those are are kind of the same thing. Yeah. Two sides of the same Mm -hmm. coin there.
0: And so you get a good chunk of the, um, in this example, anyway, of the payload of, of that, just by making that shift from faith to faithfulness Mm -hmm. here. Is it uh, anything that would be helpful for folks on that one?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think just keeping that in mind for every single thing that's said through the entire book of Ephesians here, it's talking to the group as a group. Mm -hmm. Like you said, not just a collection of individuals.
0: And what about uh, faithfulness versus faith there? Like for those who are only watching this and listening to us talking about that in Matthew, which we
1: did quite a bit. Yeah, we spent a lot on it. Um, But just kind of this basic idea that I don't think belief is ever the right word to use there. Um and faith could be if you're understanding it in certain ways, but not others. Um, but that idea of just like I cognitively say yes to certain ideas, certain doctrines, mm-hmm. um, has nothing to do with what this is talking about, and never does. Right. Um. Not ever. <laughs> let me just say that again it never has to do with what doctrines you believe and so there's this sense of it does have to do with trust which is a related concept with believing uh Mm -hmm. but it's much more like i believe in you brandon not the way that we say i believe in santa claus right it's like i have confidence that you are able to accomplish what you're setting out to accomplish. Mm-hmm. Not. I think you exist as opposed to your part. You're just an imaginary made up thing.
0: Yeah. Like, uh, do you believe in God is like the most boring
1: damn question. Right. It's like what the hell but does it, that even it, mean? Or, it's a translation or it change though, of, anything? of the Bible. Yeah. yeah. But it doesn't mean what we think it means now. Originally it meant something more like I have confidence in God, not, I believe God exists.
0: Yes. So let's move down to verse 17. I, I pray that God may give you a wise and curious spirit through getting to know him. That's not how it usually goes. What's it, what's usually there?
1: Yeah, let me uh, let me see what it says in another translation <laughs> here, because I don't remember. the top of my head how Other people are, are saying this, but I can find it pretty easily because there are Bibles everywhere. Mm hmm. Yeah. It says, I, what are we looking at here? This is for 17, right? Yep. Yeah. Okay. I pray. This is a new English translation. It says, I pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious father will give you spiritual wisdom and revelation in your growing knowledge of him. And I think some of the, I, I took some of the words to be related to each other differently than how they took it here, as you can kind of see. So Mm the specific phrase wise and curious spirit there being in the new English translation as spiritual wisdom and revelation. Um, All right. (laughs) So I I think the the problem is that there's not (laughs) Greek is a complex language. Okay. So there's forms for nouns uh based on its function in a sentence that may or may not have prepositions that go with it. And so the form of <laughs> spirit of it here is a genitive is what it's called. And so the easiest way that can be very unhelpful at times, uh, but the easiest way to translate a genitive is like of spirit or of wisdom or of curiosity. And the problem is that it can be translated into English either direction. Mm -hmm. So if I say, uh, wisdom of spirit, what it looks like in the, in the Greek or spirit of wisdom in the Greek, it might actually be that one is describing the other or vice versa. The second one could be describing the first it, and you have to base it on context. What the best way to do that is it's there's nothing in the wording itself that tells you.
0: Okay. So what's that mean here?
1: Um, so that means that for the New English translation, they took spirit to be describing the wisdom and the revelation, but I'm taking wisdom and curiosity to be describing spirit. So we made the opposite.
2: Yeah, kind mm-hmm. of judgment
1: call there.
0: And then uh, instead of revelation or some variation on that, you went with curious. That's the part that really like piqued my.
1: Yeah. Um, <laughs> check my notes here a little bit. Sure. Yeah. Traditionally it's revelation and it's actually the Greek word where we get the English word apocalypse mm-hmm. um, referring to the book of revelation. So there's that connection there. Um, and it really means like the sense of uncovering something.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And so revealing it because you've taken off the cover. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, but the way it's being used here really is like the concept of uncovering so it's a spirit of uncovering sure is maybe um maybe the most literal way to translate the phrase spirit of uncovering which what does that mean i take it to mean like having this way of approaching life together that's about discovery and trying to figure things out and to get to the bottom of things, to get at the heart of things, to see things as they really are. Yeah. Um, Truthfulness and unfolding. Yeah. Yeah. Which to me says curiosity. Like mm-hmm. I have this, this posture of humility that I don't already know this posture mm-hmm. of, I have something to learn to uncover. I'm curious and I'm going to keep that stance of I'm in a constant state of like understanding more as I go and I don't have it always figured already figured out, which to me is wisdom. Uh, like that's knowing that you don't know is wisdom.
0: Yeah. It's, it's such a fundamental component of wisdom. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's to think of wisdom or knowledge as, or revelation as things that are settled and fixed and, and, end in periods and exclamation marks (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, one that's boring two it's not what's happening here three it's not actually how the soul works Uh, Mm -hmm. and to look at it here in this passage uh, would give you a to to read this in the through the lens of a more settled and fixed and may give you all the answers may give you a, a spirit of like certainty and inflexibility um and winning arguments through getting to know jesus it's like wait that doesn't feel Mm -hmm. personal or human or disposed towards loving or humility (laughs) right so curiosity expresses there's always more like just when you think you're done there's always more there's Mm-hmm. Because there's more of what the divine is is doing in the renewal of the world uh, and in taking on our flesh. And our, our ongoing lives are going to keep on helping us get to know Christ. And our getting to know Christ is going to help keep us curious to what's beyond, mm-hmm. which feels so much better than you got the settled factoids.
1: Right. Yeah, this whole sentence, like translating it as through getting to know him, as opposed to the N.E.T.s. I'll look at that again as a good example mm-hmm. of your your growing knowledge of him. So different way, but essentially, this this is an ongoing process of understanding more over time, right? Yeah, um, it's never done, and no. I think that that's part of what led me to go with the curious spirit as like a posture. Because it's that, that wisdom to know that this is an ongoing process and I don't already know, which is really uncomfortable when your sense of security is like, do I have it right? Do I have it right?
2: Mm-hmm. If I don't have it right,
1: there's a big problem. I might be going to hell. I might be like, whatever. But the question isn't, do you have it right? The question is, are you open to growing and understanding and in a way that it shows it and stuff, and how you're treating people, interacting, relating with yeah. the world and the people around you, not just like, do I know the right thing?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So that next verse, there, uh, they're getting them, um, the eyes of your heart having been illuminated. That word, heart, is you went with the way mm-hmm. that's usually translated by English-speaking folk.
1: Yeah, usually, yeah.
0: It's another point where I thought, oh, it's a just a, it's a bit of a surprise. Uh, and it might be helpful for mm-hmm. folks to get a, a window into the almost philosophy of language.
1: And <laughs> <involved> yeah, which one? Here. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and how. Uh, yes. I think you and I have talked other times and that, like the word that's here is not actually about the heart in the organ that pumps blood. Um, it's actually like about bowels or the, the intestines or like the guts. Sometimes it might even, depending on, there's a couple of different words that can be translated this way. At least one of them sometimes can be referred to as the womb or the uterus. Oh. Um, but it's about these lower down organs as opposed to the one up in my chest beating, pumping blood. Yeah. Um, not the heart, but we use similar, the heart in English in American culture to represent similar things to what greek-speaking people used this word the more like intestines to represent similar concepts That's yeah a symbol not an actual thing
0: yeah it's trying to describe the seat of um desire longing mm-hmm. affection
1: yeah um but in a much, in a narrower way than we use it in English, we kind of use heart to represent just like emotions, period.
0: Feelings. Yeah.
1: Uh-huh. Yeah. Often with like an affection, like desire, longing, leaning, but not only mm-hmm. like, I'm really happy in my heart or, you know, whatever, sadness or we, put th- we kind of talk about that all as happening in my heart. Right. Like, that's the feelings part of me.
0: It's weighing on my heart.
1: Mm-hmm. And... There is some crossover, but not entirely. It's Venn diagram, there's overlapping circles, but they're not the same circle. Right. Yeah. Um, this has to do with that longing, that desire, or maybe motivation um, mm-hmm. might be a kind of a controlling idea. Mm-hmm. So what is what draws me? What things that help propel me in a particular direction?
0: Yeah. And so in, in this path of translating this, like you have one extreme over here that is hyper literal and a a, a, a very mm-hmm. disciplined commitment to well it meant bowels to them we're gonna stick with that and there are times elsewhere mm-hmm. especially in matthew where you've you've erred on that side because you believe sticking with that and not modernizing it or um, mm-hmm. yeah these other two stations along the way yeah it, it was it, it for, for some clear, subtle reasons.
1: Yeah. And sometimes I've just explained that I've put in the concept of what the symbol is representing instead of the symbol itself. So, like, there are times where, like, deeply moved or something like that was what I used uh, for mm-hmm. where it would have been like bowel movement, I guess. I don't know. Oh. Uh, but something like that. Or, or I used the word desire or motivation a couple of times for heart uh, mm-hmm. instead of heart. Problem is that this is connected here with eyes, which is again not about my ocular organs and is about a symbol of honestly talking about desires. It makes me think of Matthew 6, where if your eye is good or eye is healthy in the translation that I did, Mm -hmm. um, that means that your priorities are about being faithful to loving people basically mm-hmm. um and if your eye is diseased or unimpaired then your priority is about greed
2: mm-hmm. and
1: accumulating for yourself and so the symbol of the eye is again about what your desires are what's your motivation and so if i were to do the eyes of your motivation that's weird it's I, I either needed to be both of them were the symbol right. or both of them not and here taking out eyes would obscure that connection to Matthew six and other places. That's not the only place that that image is used that are using the metaphor of eyes as a symbol in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's all these different things that I'm trying to keep in mind as I'm making these decisions.
0: What a what a subtle task this is uh, because these three points of hyperliteral vowels, middle point, what's the equivalent heart in our culture <laughs> or the other end of things would be, we're just going to have a much more meticulous uh, interpretive option, and and you could have put um, the eyes of your or the the perception or the intention or the focus of your affections, that's the focus stupid. of your affections. Ooh,
1: yeah, that's not that's so a, bad. That's a, that's a decent <laughs> phrase. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, um,
0: and we immediately will associate affections with heart in our. Physiological,
1: <laughs> like because that's our cultural. That's our starting word point and yeah. focus.
0: Yeah. It still gets the ocular thing, mm-hmm. um, but at that point, why not? It's okay to live close to the center of the tradition if it's not hurting anything like this of the tra- mm-hmm. inter- translation tradition. Yeah,
1: yeah. The point isn't to change it just for the sake of changing it. Mm-hmm. It's if it if it's helpful, if it accomplishes a, a, if it benef- some kind of benefit in, in changing it.
0: Yes. I I guess one reason I wanted to acknowledge this is just about everything you were reading here or that you've read in an, in another translation of the Bible, they're making those decision between those three and Mm -hmm. several others (laughs) along the way and above and below them all the time. Mm -hmm. And there's no one consistently good way to do that. It's, a matter of deep listening to the text and to one's like readership or audience mm-hmm. and time as well as the tradition between when this was written and who's hearing it now which has been uh, i think a really dominant um lens for you of saying hang on that word righteousness it, it shouldn't be the word righteousness here because it has developed a toxic and limiting meaning mm-hmm. over the course of two millennia and we would be more faithful to jesus would be and to th- the text by doing doing otherwise
2: mm-hmm.
1: yeah because like like you're saying there's no one right way to do this it's trying to me trying to figure out what decision do i make that i think will get people closer to the liberating and healing message that's in this yeah. Um, because eyes of your heart here works. It could be eyes of your bowels. Like I might put a footnote on that explaining what the heck that's supposed to mean, but that's that could be a a good way to do it, you know, if we're willing to explain it a bit.
0: That's how Paul did it.
1: <laughs> right. <laughs> it and make sense to us. Yeah. And the focus of your affections is a good way to do this. It's there's no one right way. You just have to you have to see which one fits the best for you or for me in this case um, and yeah. go for it with all the while asking like, why am I making this particular choice? Mm-hmm. Is it, mm-hmm. is it because that's just how it's done before? Is it because it's comfortable for me or is it because this is the way that feels like is helping to uncover with that curiosity, right. Of yeah. what, what helps my spirit connect with the Holy Spirit here, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. he's trying to use the language that's here in front of us.
0: All right, uh, the next one is verse nineteen. Could you read that? What you what you feel is <laughs> worth reading there? Uh, it's trying to catch a draw, a falling knife yeah. in some ways because it's part of a bigger sentence. Yeah,
1: it's like one piece of a very long sentence. Um, yeah, and what immeasurable surplus? Let me start that over. Get my words out here what mm-hmm. immeasurable surplus his power is for us who are faithful based on what his intense strength has accomplished. Yeah. That phrase there, the second half of it, us who are faithful based on what his intense strength has accomplished. It's wordy. It's a mm-hmm. mouthful. <laughs> yeah. Um, probably more so than the more standard ways of rendering this, which I suppose I could read a, something to, to compare it there the verse being and what his incomparable greatness of his power toward us who believe as displayed in the exercise of his immense strength Hmm. you notice the word believe which i just said earlier never ever going to use it yeah yeah it's so limiting and
0: so you went with for us who are faithful
1: right yeah it's about that like we talked about earlier but explain it a bit more even that that trust that we were talking about um, the confidence mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. Um, leads to a, a faithful response right like that's how we know that's the difference between like actually trusting someone and saying we trust someone is how do we follow up on that like do i trust that if i loan you 20 dollars, you're going to pay it back then i'm going to actually pay you 20, give you 20 dollars because i think you'll pay it back if i say yeah i trust you to pay it back but I'm not going to give that to you right now. I don't actually trust you. So that's that faithfulness on my part. There's a reciprocal relationship. Oh yeah, yeah. So if I trust in this context, if I trust that the example of Christ is the best way to live. Sure. Then I'm going to be faithful to actually live in love for each other. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. What What questions come up for you as far as like, What's what's in here? Because it's it's wordy. I don't I don't love the wordiness of it. <laughs> <gasps>
0: I do not have a strong question here. It was something that you mm-hmm. were uh, eager to talk about, and I'm blanking on what my questions were going to be.
1: Yeah. Well, it's just it's a good example of like trying to figure out what to do with prepositions. The word based on there, uh-huh. um, like instead of like according to. <laughs> um or something like that uh the nat i think does it as as displayed in um Mm -hmm. it's all that it's just one greek word kata it's a preposition um so sometimes it's translated like against or based on or according to um there's this connection of kind of having something being grounded yeah um in something else um, or even in, if it's talking about movement, that literally means like going downward. Um, mm-hmm. but so like the foundation for being faithful for, for what us who are faithful, our faithfulness is being grounded in what Christ has accomplished with his version of what intense strength is, Yeah, um, which isn't power over others. It's, it's self-giving.
0: Yeah. But this is another point to honor the, the deep shifts that do happen when you go from belief to quote, mm-hmm. faithfulness, mm-hmm. because a belief translation of this would be um, for us who believe based on what he's done. Right. Sure. And that's fine. There's something yeah. true and healing in that. Uh, And it can also be another place we can like lean on. I've certainly heard this big theme of anytime there's a certain uh, layer of faithfulness to Jesus that we don't frankly want to have to do, particularly if it has to do with economics, um, hospitality to people who are different from us, Mm -hmm. um, inclusion of people who we've been boundaried from, uh, those, those sorts of things. We, it's really easy, particularly for the like evangelical is evangelical tribe I grew up in to say, Oh, well, that's just, you know, all you got to do is believe you just need to trust and believe in the power of God and the cross. You need to just know that it's finished. It's done. There's nothing you can do to earn your salvation. And you're just doing works righteousness right now. You're just trying to, and it just, it, it tamps down discipleship and faithfulness because all you have to do is have something between intellectual ascent and inner sentimentality. And that's really all Jesus wants to give you. Uh, even if mm-hmm. it, that what you're having cognitive ascent towards or inner sentimentality toward doesn't change anything. But mm-hmm. if, if you read this as if you are faithful based on what his intense strength has accomplished, read back the past 10 verses, what has his intense strength accomplished? Well, it has had to do with liberation. It's had to do with liberation from the alienation structures and patterns of our societies Mm -hmm. and creating one new humanity, like uniting the cosmos together, like in verse 10. Uh, It's like Mm -hmm. being faithful to that unifying, unionizing trajectory or work of God in Jesus Christ that's a world of difference to be faithful to that um, boundary transgressing God mm-hmm. is different from based on you who believe that some inner thing happened when Jesus died on the cross, which right? in Christianity, it's important to have some sense of what God did in Jesus Christ on the cross.
1: Yeah. Because well, there, <laughs> there's that reciprocal relationship. Yeah. Right? Like I trust it because that's the example that we were given. Yeah. But Here it really is. What's my response to that? Mm -hmm. Not just like, Oh, Jesus did the good things. I don't have to.
0: Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see more of the places where that shift from belief to faithful shows up. We Mm -hmm. found a few places to uh, acknowledge that in Matthew, man, we're going to just keep stubbing our toe on this thing Mm -hmm. in, in, in um, Paul's
2: stuff.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It seemed like while both were constant, I think every time it shows up, both are kind of present uh-huh. uh, trusting and being faithful and that reciprocal relationship between those two ideas. Uh-huh. Um, but in Matthew, it felt much more like the one closer to the surface was the trusting. Um, but in the Paul stuff, it's definitely the faithfulness is the one closer to the surface in almost all instances oh i can't wait <laughs>
0: but we do have to keep moving along so the last word to talk about today is in verse 22 is this the first time that we would get uh, uh
1: i'm not sure if it's the first i think maybe right at the very beginning uh, oh, well, but yeah right. this is this is the one within a context first one within a context <laughs> that, yeah. that helps yeah <laughs> Um. Yeah, so in 22, he made everything responsible to cooperate under his feet and gave him to the assembly as head over everything. It is his body, the completion of the one through whom everything is made complete. Assembly being what's traditionally church, um, ecclesia being the Greek word. Uh, And it's one that I'm not fully settled on the best way. Mm -hmm. translate that assembly works church works um the only the main reason i didn't go with church is not because church is a bad word but it's kind of watered down it's one of those words that just get fuzzy in the background and you just kind of don't stop to think about it yeah but still not like what trying to figure out what actually highlights the significance Mm -hmm. of the word you know Mm -hmm. assembly fine because there is a sense of like it's ecclesia is is like the noun version of like essentially those who have been called out of their homes to oh, yeah. like, to gather in the street and meet together to hear some news or to you know or i think you've talked before of like even like a, a neighborhood association kind of thing like they've been called out of their homes for the purpose of like figuring out how to respond to the needs of the community of the, of the neighborhood. And yeah, yeah.
0: they're like the watershed council.
1: There's a responsibility that there, and that fits really well with like the calling of the church. Um, mm-hmm. The vocation of is like, is to take responsibility for the benefit of everyone else mm-hmm. um, and each other. But, yeah. I, I've toyed with even like hyphenating like community responding to the call or something like that, or, or maybe even just community. Um, yeah. Capital but, C. Yeah. With a capital C.
0: That's great. Yeah. It's the word church has just gotten so disappointing. Often it, mm-hmm. it really does now mean the building or the, organ or the institution. Right.
1: Yeah. And which is kind of funny. Cause that's one of the images Paul uses is like, building constructing a building and having the people each person who's in the church being like a brick in the building yeah yeah um that's in there but no we've we've done we've taken it and uh turned it into just like the four walls that we happen to meet in
0: or the thing we do on sunday right which is where geez, i really i envy um our kin on the other side of the tiber who well it's like oh no that's that's just mass (laughs) like Uh they have a a different word for what you do on sunday or Mm -hmm. every morning uh, as the case may be um so at least like yeah let's just set that word aside like fine i'm kind of tired of trying to correct people on it but let's use a different word for Mm -hmm. what the spiritual organism of this boundary transgressing kinship network that, as Willie James James Jenning calls it, um, let's just use a different word. <laughs> yeah, let's see. Let's see what happens, in, or a, a few different words. And I think assembly is is nice. I'm far enough removed yeah. from uh, K through twelve that I don't think enough.
1: of yeah an assembly. Although you know that's a gathering of people for a purpose, right? You know? It is. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Yeah.
0: Right. Well, I know we'll have more to say about. Uh, the assembly, about church, what it means to be this Mm -hmm. unionizing, unionized body uh, further as we go throughout Ephesians because while the center of this letter is about the unifying work, past, present, and future of Christ, the bulk of that is what it means for us together in our lives together. It's Mm -hmm. very much about how to be the people who were brought together the assembled we were right. like a lego set all over the floor we're being brought together um and i'm not totally sold on that metaphor i just that's yeah. <laughs> 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 fine yeah. so that no man or woman may step on any of those legos that's and right curse god yeah. who made
1: them uh, <laughs> yeah well it makes me think too like we had toyed with how much would be fun to talk about Colossians as we we're going through Ephesians because they yeah. are so similar in so many ways. Mm-hmm. Um, and so even some of the specific like phrasing is the same. And like I did work of like kind of going back and forth as I was working on them and like the context of one helped clarify a word for me that helped me figure out what to do with it in the other one and, and vice versa. And that was fun. But one of the inferences is the, a little bit of the focus. They're both ultimately about the church really yeah and they they talk about jesus and god and the divine and the spiritual stuff not as the focus so much but as the the controlling like understanding like here are the assumptions we need to hold so we can get to the like what we're really talking about which is how to be the church yes yes um and colossians does a lot more of that pretty much all of colossians one especially but it's kind of one and two are much more about the like here's our like shared mutual understanding right like this is our controlling theme like jesus showed us what faithfulness is all about right like and he's the one we're following right like we're he's the one right (laughs) it's kind of like colossians keeps coming back to it over and over and over for a little bit before it finally goes then Okay good now that we've got that settled here's how we what we do about that and Ephesians does some of that, but spends much more time on defining so here's what it means to be the church because of that. I just
0: realized if we went with the word assembled, there would
1: be also a strong Avengers. <laughs> <laughs> the assembled i mean i it fits There's like, the, like <laughs>
0: gentiles I, assemble
1: yeah <laughs> well, that that fits really well with like words like um that metaphor of the building the at the like the, yeah. where all the bricks in the building like it was christ is putting it together assembling the church mm-hmm. at, you know and even the parts many parts but one body like it's yeah. being assembled right yeah so it, it works so well we're, we're, the, we're the Avengers now let's just get this let's, let's okay. go past assembled okay <laughs> to, cooperate under the, his feet gave him to the Avengers as head over <laughs> everything
0: <laughs> oh we have to wrap it up on that one that's fantastic uh hey thanks everybody uh for tuning in I guess or listening uh, thank you as always for being part of this journey with us in our spirit of curiosity The easiest way to support Founding Translation is to leave us a rating or review in your podcast player of choice, or hit like and share of this video that you are watching today. That makes it easier for more people to find out about this conversation that we're holding together. Second best way to support this show is to become a sponsor for just $5 a month. When you do that, you get comment access on the Translation's Google Doc, and the satisfaction that you're supporting exceptionally nerdy independent media. You can find the link to join the community in the show notes or the posts here. The music you're listening to is by Kevin McLeod at incompetech.com. Found in translation was produced by Perry FM on unseated Chinook land. Goodbye, Brandon.
1: Bye, Brandon. Bye, everybody.